0: As Atta walked through the metal detector at the Portland airport, he carried a four-page note in his pocket that read, When you get on the aircraft, think of it, your mission, as a battle for the sake of God. Do not forget, the true promise is near, and the zero hour had arrived. Always remember to pray, if possible, before reaching the target. Or say something like, there is no god but one god and Muhammad is his messenger. By 5:45 a.m. he was through security along with another assassin Abdul Aziz Alomari. 15 minutes later, Atta's plane took off and swung out over the Atlantic, headed for Boston. There, Atta was to switch planes for a flight to Los Angeles on American Airlines flight 11. At 6.52 a.m., inside Boston's Logan International Airport, seven minutes after he landed, his cell phone rang. It was Marwan, also in the airport, calling from a nearby terminal. The two men must have spoken quickly. Is everything ready? Yes, brother, everything is ready. There is no God but one God, and we are his messengers. And then they hung up. By 7.40 a.m., Atta and his team of four others were seated comfortably, the jet pushing back from the gate. Thirty-four minutes later, United Flight 175, with Marwan al Alshehi and his four comrades on board, also took off from Logan Airport in Boston. At the same time, 8.14 a.m., Atta proceeded to take control of American Airlines Flight 11. He and his compatriots sprayed mace and yelled they had a bomb on board in order to move the passengers to the rear of the plane. At 8.25, air traffic control in Boston heard a voice say, Nobody move. Everything will be okay. If you try to make any moves, you'll endanger yourself and the airplane. Just stay quiet. In first class, where the hijackers had been sitting, One man lay slumped with his throat cut. Two flight attendants had been stabbed. They were still alive, one with an oxygen mask pressed to her face, the other with minor wounds. At 8.44 a.m., the plane dipped low over New York City. A flight attendant on board, Madeline Amy Sweeney, was talking on a cell phone to an air traffic controller when she looked out the window and said, Something is wrong. We are in a rapid descent. We are all over the place. And then, before the line went dead, We are flying low. We are flying way too low. A few seconds passed. Oh my God. We are way too low. At 8.46 a.m., American Flight 11, racing at the speed of nearly 500 miles per hour, rammed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. 10,000 gallons of aviation fuel exploded, with a force of 7 million sticks of dynamite. Fourteen minutes later, on board United Flight 175, which was now under Marwan's control, a young man named Peter Hansen was making a phone call to his father, Lee, back in Easton, Connecticut. It's getting bad, Dad, he said. A stewardess was stabbed. They seem to have knives and mace. They said they have a bomb. It's getting very bad on the plane. Passengers are throwing up and getting sick. The plane is making jerky movements. I don't think the pilot is flying the plane. I think we're going down. I think they intend to go to Chicago or someplace else and fly into a building. Don't worry, Dad. If it happens, it'll be very fast. My God, my God. At 9.03 a.m., United Flight 175 hit the South Tower. Thirty-four minutes later, American Flight 77 dove into the Pentagon.